So it's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, J.R. Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors and at an unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations is now broadcasting live from Atlanta, Georgia. Every Monday, you can hear me live on Biz 1190 from 10 a.m. to noon and on iHeartRadio Podcast. I'm also broadcasting on my Money Making Conversations Facebook page. You can go online right now and leave comments that I will respond to, to, and respond to during and after the show. Now, if you want to call me, I have access to a phone here. 404-231-1190. That's 404-231-1190. Each Money Making Conversations radio talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. They in turn deliver information about career planning, motivation, financial literacy, and how they lead a balanced life. Appearing on the show today will be Act One Group founder and CEO Janice Bryant Howard, Black Girls Rock Career. Creator Beverly Bond, <laughs> basketball wise of LA star and CEO of Vanity in the City, Malaysia Pago, and the director of communications for the National Football League Players Association, Carl Francis. Let's drop that music. It's time to get started because she's on the phone. My first guest is a model, music DJ, businesswoman, mentor, producer, writer, founder, and executive director of Black Girls Rock. She is on she is on the show today to talk about her new book, Black Girls Rock. Owning Our Magic, Rocking Your Truth. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Beverly Bond. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's a lot, huh? A lot to say about you, huh, Beverly? <laughs> that, means you, that means you've done a lot of things, young lady. <laughs> yeah. I want to get this out first because I didn't know this because we met several times over the years. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, you know, you're, you're a model, so you have that, you know, that model look all the time. So a lot of times you don't know what to say to a person who has that model look. You just go, you stare at them because they're a model. And so it says this Beverly Ball's passion for music and her uncanny ability to read the crowd has solidified her as one of the premier music DJs in the world. Yeah, I all, all, all the times I met you. 
I'm just looking at a model who could spin it on the ones and twos. <laughs> we got to talk about that because that was that's a conversation starter. You know, if you don't know what to say to people, you go, oh, you know, what what kind of makeup you put on? What kind of shoes you wear? Now, <laughs> what is your music that you're spinning at the party tonight? <laughs> we know. <laughs> I'm not spinning tonight, but I did spin last night. Um, <laughs> no, only my own sleep tonight. I, you know, I've, I still DJ, and I think DJs, when you're really passionate about it, you never don't, you never stop. Absolutely. But, you know, I have a few other things on my plate right now, so it's not, you know, I'm not in the club, you know, or right. doing, you know, the local parties anymore. But Absolutely. yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a DJ. Well, you know, the thing about it is that, you know, because I, I could go back to my little history. I'm not no world famous premier DJ, but I remember back in college, I was a spinner. You know, I, I, they paid $5 at the door to hear your boy spin. But I always <laughs> but I always feel that that's, that, that's why I, I feel that I wanted to bring that out first. Because whenever you start something like Black Girls Rock, you go, what did that start? Because it's an emotion. It's a vibe. It's an yeah. energy. It's a street. Yeah. It's a street cause that you built to something that's amazingly effective today. You know, absolutely. You've created a mantra. So tell us, I know it started in 2006 because I want to go back before we talk about when it was picked up on 2010 on BET. Uh Let's talk about Uh those early days of uh, and then we're going to talk about the book, which I've read. And I have a a daughter who's in college Uh and I also have I was raised with six sisters. So, you know. Believe me, I understand the lays of the the ways of the lady. <laughs> From stand up how I should treat them, respect the process, motivate them to success, and also be respectful of the process that the way a female lives their life is totally different from the way a male lives his life. And it should mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they don't have they shouldn't have equal opportunity to succeed equally. And that's what black girls rock is all about, correct? Absolutely. I think that, you know, I yeah, I started um Black Girls Rock in 2006, and that when I was DJing, and I think being a DJ has a lot to do with me creating this platform. I think right. uh, one of the things that um, I was aware of more than other people were the messages coming through media um, that were directed towards women and women of color, whether mm-hmm. it was messages in the music, whether it was messages um, in the videos, or whether it was magazines that excluded us, movies that excluded our narrative or kept us in a very narrow space or stereotyped us, objectified or dehumanized us. Mm-hmm. I was paying so much more attention to these things than other people because of, I think, I, I was the one tuned in because it was my job to be tuned in, mm-hmm. you know, to, to messaging and music. And so I think it, being a DJ absolutely had something to do with this. Now, when you say it's really interesting that you're saying, like, you know, 2006, you know, you, you spin in records, you hear you hear the, the, the terminologies that's being directed to women and a lot of the mm-hmm. music and not of it's all positive. It's always very mm-hmm. sexual. So so what 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 did you did you were you selective in your music plan or or you just play what was hot and you just dealt with the issue off, you know, in your non DJ yeah, life? I mean- yeah, I think that's a good question because that's where the it, it's almost, you know, it could be considered hypocritical right. sometimes when mm-hmm. you're playing. And I think that, you know, that is a question. But I think that you have the, you know, I think that we can be, um, what do you, what do you say? Um, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of songs that are, unfortunately, or there were a lot of songs that were unfortunately directed towards women in very negative ways. And some songs may be extremely inappropriate. Yes, ma'am. Um, 
you know, it, it was very difficult navigating in a space Absolutely. where mm-hmm. your job is to make it hot, play the play the hotness, and then also pay attention to what was being said. And so there were a few songs that I was just like, you know what, I can't do it. Awesome. You know, awesome. but I but at the same time, I can't say that I'm some squeaky clean DJ because well, I'm a DJ <laughs> and I'm going to play what's hot. You know, <laughs> you know but, the, but, even, but the beauty I'm not of known it. known for being that. You know what I mean? I'm not known for being that, but I did try to do something to make it happen. Shift. But the you know, the thing about it, Beverly, and uh, I'm on the phone with uh, Beverly, uh, uh, the creator, executive director of Black Girls Rock. And she has a book out that I just got released February 27th. Uh, last week, um, Simon Schuster is on the Amazon, on bookstores right now. And it's a book about empowerment. And I, and I, and I, and I feel that, you know, we talk about you playing music and being, being sometimes compromised by, by, the, by the lyrics and then some of the songs that you play. But that's, that's, not the, that's not the point of this interview. The point of the interview mm-hmm. is that you have an amazing organization that is about motivating uh, young girls and who, lead, mm-hmm. who become grown women who in turn are leading lives that they can be special too. And that's what this empowerment, and it comes from the fact that your mom was an empowering female, correct? Absolutely. I think that that's where, you know, when I describe in the book and talk about, you know, how I found my magic, I think that it was my mother's um, influence on me. But what I was trying to show in the book when I speak about my mom and, and how she was able to harness this culture uh, and the things that were around her to teach me the importance of my intrinsic values and also teach me the, the great treasures that lie within our culture, I was trying to describe what I feel black women do. Right. It wasn't like, you know, people read it and they're like, oh my God, your mom is just so amazing. But I'm like, yeah, that's my mama, but that's a black mama. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what black Playing that music, so. playing the 45s, you know what I'm saying? just really making something out of nothing, taking mm-hmm. what she had and trying to create a space for me to exist mm-hmm. and feel that I don't... I, I'm not missing anything right. and giving me tools to function when she doesn't have, you know, the ability to give me the, the financial security that other people have or having a partner to raise me. You know, she relied on the village to raise me, right. to help to help raise me. And so I think that those are things that black women have always done. We've always found a way. And I, through my mother's example, I was trying to show that this is black women's example. He was a one of the black mothers do. Right. He was one of the great quotes from your book that I, I, I noted was that you noticed that regardless regardless of the environment, the messages about black girls were the same. There was an unspoken social hierarchy that existed that placed black girls firmly at the bottom. This social grading of black women and girls is just as prevalent today. Mm-hmm. That was powerful Absolutely. for me because that let me know that there is a mission behind Black Girls Rock. Absolutely, and that was the mission from day one. It was just watching, seeing, um, you know, the, like I said, the marginalizing or even the dismissal of black women's narratives. What we're seeing right now, and people, you know, we have very short-term memory now because, we, you know, because of social media. Right. But we can, I can, we all know that in 2006, this was not the same environment. <laughs> because no. I have these lady no. ladies, like Terry, yeah. you know, Carrie yeah. Washington said to me on camera in 2012, she said, Black Girls Rock is absolutely the reason that I am now able to take this role as leading lady uh, on, a, on a major network television show, which hasn't been done in 30-something years. 
you know, and so, you know, the 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 work was the most important part, shifting mm-hmm. of the narrative. And, and part of that was shifting um, our own. Hey, Beverly, hold that thought. Ourselves. We're going to be back and we're going to really break down the book. Black Girls Rock. Don't go nowhere, anybody. Black Girls Rock with uh, Beverly Bond. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000 plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www.rashawnmcdonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, co-worker, or relative. Spread the word today. Visit RashawnMcDonald.com. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversation. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Ricky Smiley! You got to get out of your own city and leave in order to grow because a fish don't get bigger as long as it's inside of that fish bowl. Yes, sir. A fish get bigger when you put it in a pond. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the phone the one and only Charlie Wilson! So many people have been, really been trying to get me to do a gospel record for right. so many years, right. and I have been promising God that I would that I would <laughs> shout him out and do something. Right. <laughs> I said, you know, and... Um, Burn, Rubble. So, uh, there goes uh, my baby. Come on, man. Put a little Jesus in them song. Come on, brother. Miss Patty LaBelle. And you know what I'm going to be doing? Concerts and little clubs. With Thank group, you. With the, Thank with you. The trio. <laughs> so that I can touch you when I'm singing with my hands. Thank you. See, I told you. Be there every Monday, 10 a.m. to noon. Be is 11.90. Money-making conversations. Hey, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money-making conversations. She's on the phone. Um, incredible lady. Uh, I say incredible because she's changing lives every day. Her name is Beverly Bond. She created a, a foundation called Black Girls Rock, which in 2010 was picked up by BET. Uh, I want to call a good friend of mine, Con, uh, Connie Constance <laughs> Orlando. I call her Constance Orlando, but a lot of people call her Connie Orlando. Um, one of the persons that introduced me to this brand, and I've been following it ever since and just watching it grow. And it's kind of interesting. As this brand has grown on BET, the, the, the videos have decreased, uh, become non-existent on BET. So I think it has a, a major influence on how young girls of color are becoming powerful leaders in today's society. And did I step out of bounds on anything there, Beverly? No, not at all. Good, because I, I, <laughs> I want to stay in high praise of this because, you know, there's an order to all this madness, you know. And I say madness, I'm talking about, you know, because when you have a visions, a lot of people don't understand your visions because you got this, this nice T-shirt that says Black Girls Rock. A lot of people can uh-huh. come at you wrong. Go, what, who are you talking to? Who is who's that for? But you have to, but you stand your ground. It's for me. It's for people who I feel who being, who's being downtrodden and needs a voice. And then, then you get an award show. And... And you know when you go to TV, sometimes TV can say they're going to do your vision and they, they they can twist it a little bit. Did you have yeah. any creative issues in the beginning? Because the show right now is on point with, with me because yeah. I watch it. I mean, 
You know, absolutely. I think that, you know, it was, it was very, you know, it was like, first of all, we had a very successful award show that we were doing in New York at Lincoln Center. Right. Um, and so it was already a thing. It was already a movement. I had already been, you know, recognized. All <laughs> Brad, the girl. Board. Brad, so come on then, now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you know, there were networks there. It was, you know, BET and BH1 both wanted to um, pick up the show. And I always knew that BET was the space for this this show because that's where the message needed to be the most. And I also knew that it was something, I knew that we would get it, you know, but certainly, you know, when you're, when you're partnering now with a big entertainment company that looks at numbers based on popularity and sometimes salacious ratings don't necessarily um, want to see something in, as in-depth as what we try to convey or people's names that they don't know, like a Marion Wright Edelman, um, you know, being honored on a TV show, it's kind of hard to convince the network, like, this is going to work, you know? Right, right. <laughs> um, but, they, I mean, they already saw it. Like, Stephen Hill was very, very, you know, involved uh, before, you know, I used to have a host committee, and before I went to TV, you know, I would always ask him, you know, would I keep Woody Linda's name, you know, to my host committee. So he's already saw it grow, and he knew that it would be powerful. So he really tried to honor as much of my vision, you know, and not compromise, but certainly the fight, you know, fighting for it is what, you know, and I, and I think that now everyone at Beach is glad that I did stay in my ground and fight for it to be what it is because you see that it matters. You see people even trying to emulate it. You see other, uh, you know, other shows. Everybody's kind of like going in the space now, which is a beautiful thing because this was the whole idea. This was the whole idea to shift the culture. And so, um, you know, it has been a journey. It has been a lot of uh, lessons. And I think that it's an important lesson about partnership when you partner with a corporation because, you know, at first I was just, you know, I'm so passionate. I'm like, y'all ain't changing that. I know. Now, let's shift to the book. Let's, let's, let's shift to the, this, uh, I feel it, I feel this is the final stage because we talked about the foundation. We talked yes. about the award show. Now this yes. incredible book that you have, this entitled Black Girls Rock! Exclamation Mark. And yes. that's important because you're making a statement every time. That's, that's a mantra to me for the 21st century yes. black female. And, uh, yes, absolutely. And, and, and I broke it down to nine chapters. And each mm-hmm. chapter, you know, you know, like a, there's a couple of chapters I really got into. And I like the way you kind of broke up because the chapter is about you take you take a uh, significant. And I'm not saying all of them because I'm sure there's a lot of people you wanted to put in this book. And I'm sure it's a struggle as to who goes in the book, who don't go in the book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord, I'm sure that was a struggle, girl, because I was like, I'm, I'm reading this book going, oh, she could have added her. Oh, she could have added her. You know? Well, what happened was I ran out of time and my publisher was like, no more. No more. I mean, and, you know, there are people that are like, I'm like, I'm trying so hard to get you in this book, mm-hmm. but you know, it was just, it was a, it was a time thing. So it would, it, you know, it just didn't work out. And some people just weren't available at the time. Um, you know, so it, things like that happen. And you know, it, you know, I already know this from an award show. You can't get every talent, per, per, you know, that you want. You just can't. You know, yeah. it's impossible. You know, when so. you, when you write a book like this, uh, you know, I'm gonna just tell people I'm a male. I read it. I was motivated. Not because I, because I think anytime you read any story that's inspiring, it, it provides you with information that you can do it too. So let's let's right. say, why do you read this book, Rashawn McDonald? Why would I read this book? One is motivational, it's informative, it gives you an example that you can be successful too. Those top three right there is why you should buy this book. Those three alone is why you should buy this book. Because of the fact that it's letting you know that 
these are these are ordinary people in the sense that we all are born, uh, you know, into this or into this world with a hope that we can be successful. They are achieving successful and they are sharing you with you in this book values of why you can be successful, too. And it's broken down into nine chapters. And the reason I like this book is that it's a it's a very current book, which means that, you know, she interviews a lot of current stars, but she also brings history into it. And Absolutely. so she doesn't lead lead back. She wants to remind you of of, of the Harriet Tubmans, the Roberta Flax. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know these people are important because all of a sudden you can just go modern and you go and you can forget your history. And I think if you forget your history, then you don't understand your future or your path to success. Absolutely, absolutely. It was you know it was, and I love my publisher because in this in this space. You know, with my creative vision, um, you know, she just gave me the canvas and said, do what you do. And so there was never a pushback. And so when I wanted the her story, which you're referring to, the her story uh, blurbs at the end to remind people of all of these other women mm-hmm. who may not be with us or who may not be. Um, I think most of them are not with us. There, there are a couple that are still here, but I still wanted to put their legacy in. But I wanted to tell that, just remind people of that history. And so um, it started off with that one. I don't know if you are, when you're referring to the Harriet Tubman um, section, um, it's in the, the Lift Every Voice chapter. Mm-hmm. And um, I call it, you know, the, the the RBGs, you know, revolutionary but gangster, because these women said, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> they said it's a, it's a hip-hop in me that can't, you know, add a lot, a lot of, it's a lot of music uh, references. But, the, but there's also, too, but. also in Lift Every Voice is my girl MC Light. MC yeah. Light's in there, and then and yeah. you have another legend that you like to point out, Pauline Murray, who co-founded yeah. the National Organization of Women. Yeah, this absolutely. is why this is so cool. This is why it's so un- incredible. I'm gonna point out a couple of chapters because I, I really certain people who stood out. Like I love the Black Girl Magic when you talked about Serena Williams and her exploits mm-hmm. as a tennis player. But then you go to Boss Up, Venus Williams is there, and she's talking about <laughs> yeah. her role as an entrepreneur. That's, Isn't it? I'm glad that you caught that. That's so dope. You know, no, no. I, no I'm telling you, I was, I was sitting up and reading this book, and then, and then, you know, and then, you know, you know, I feel good when you know I've lived a life where I'm reading people that you're honoring, and I go, I know that person. That person know me. Like in the most <laughs> more more black, more beautiful Susan Taylor. Come on now. Yes, yeah, Thirty-seven yeah, years at Essence. Absolutely. Woo! Nah. Absolutely. And Susan was one of our, she was in our uh, second year honoree, and then we honored her again on TV, but she was one of the very, you know, very beginning, uh, early supporters of Black Girls Rock. And then again, you like you said, in Still I Rise, you have Mary mm-hmm. J. Bly. And now mm-hmm. the most powerful person in this book to me was this young lady in Still I Rise, and I hope I say her name right, Aben Germer. Yes. The uh, first. The, yeah. The first. Hobbins. Hobbin, uh, uh-huh. the first deaf-blind graduate of Harvard Law School. Uh-huh. Deaf-blind. And, she, and, and, and her story and April Holmes' story are similar in the way that they talk about perseverance and how they were able to look at examples of things that they saw, like, you know, with, with Hobbin, seeing her parents having to walk across the desert and, you know, in their war-torn countries and meeting here in America. So she doesn't look at her deaf-blindness as something that's worse than what they had to go through. 
And and April Holmes, when she talks about, you know, I just think hers is so powerful as well, when she talks about losing her leg as an athlete, you know, in an Amtrak accident and how she was able to use that as a metaphor um, from looking at the experiences of black women and and, and figuring out how to get that train Mm. off of her so she can keep moving. Like you said, when she heard that quote, did you get her leg? Did you get her leg? Her leg, yep. That's, that's and she and she is a, a champion, a para athlete in the Olympics, Paralympics yeah, champion. Yeah, she's actually the fastest uh, para. She, I don't know if she still is, but she at the time she was she's faster than, than Rashawn McDonald. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah, she's faster than me. <laughs> yeah, and I want to throw out a couple of more uh, shot caller Mara Brocker Kill. If you not haven't watched uh, Black Lightning. She's uh, mm-hmm. executive producer in that mm-hmm. show, uh, Being Mary Jane, The Game, um, Girlfriends, and then my favorite person, uh, Young Gifford and Black, Janelle Monet. Uh, Beverly, yeah. um, as you can see, I love this book. I love what you're doing. <laughs> uh, you got to give me two tickets to Black Girls Rock this year. I'm bringing my sister, <laughs> my, my daughter to it. Uh, she needs to experience this. And know that I'm a fan. I'm going to keep promoting your brand, okay? We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch it. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. It's good to have a money making conversation with somebody that make money. <laughs> Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000 plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. My next guest is an American television personality. She's known to the world with her appearance in a very popular VH1 TV show, Basketball Wives of Los Angeles. She has an unrivaled sense of fashion, a social influencer, and a philanthropist to those in need. Entrepreneur in her proudest role is that of, of a loving mother of three. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Malaysia Pago. Hi. Hi. I like that. Hi. <laughs> now, let me get this. Now, I'm reading your bio. Now, where are you based now? Where are you based now? Oh, my gosh. I am by Coastal, so uh, I am half of the week in Atlanta, Georgia, and half the week in L.A. Okay, cool. So, because your your bio says <laughs> you're moving to Atlanta, or you just going well, to stay by Coastal? I moved to Atlanta, yeah, I'm, I already moved to Atlanta. Yeah, so my home base is in Atlanta, but okay. I work out of L.A. Okay, cool. We're going to get that out the way because now you're my buddy yeah. now. You know, because I, yeah. I live in Atlanta, <laughs> and I, I also live in Houston, but I also hang out in L.A. And uh, I'm happy to have you on the show because of the fact that, you know, I, on this show it's about entrepreneurship and also about entertainment. And you fit both bills, but more importantly, you're a motivating person because of the fact that you're a single mom. And I want to, and a lot of people, a lot of people don't understand the difficulties of being a single mom, but also you have a career. And how do you balance the two? How do you, and I, because I'm writing a book about balanced lifestyle. How do you balance your life 
three three boys, correct? Uh, I know. No, no, no. I have two boys and a girl. Two so, boys and a girl. Um, mm-hmm. I was blessed. Yeah, I was blessed with the 11-year-old son, and then I have seven-year-old twins, which mm. are a boy and girl set. Mm. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. How do you balance Thank that? You. <laughs> you already said you in L.A., you're in Atlanta, so how do you balance that? You know what? I look at it as, um, like, how Nike said you just do it. And um, I, like, both situations are non-negotiable, so what I say is, like, <laughs> I, like I am a parent first. Right. You know, I am a mom you know, above all things, yeah, because God lends me these precious little souls and I have to, you know, raise them up right. And then, you know, but I also have to make money for them and, um, you know, and, and still live out my dream. So, you know, I just try to put a balance on the both of them. So that's why I'm in, you know, Atlanta three or four days out of the week. Yes, and then ma'am. I go and back to L.A. to film and, and do other things that I need to do, you know. And you're doing a lot of fantastic things in life on the entrepreneurship side. Before we get into that, uh, when I'm reading your bio, you're a graduate of uh, with a Bachelor of Science from UCLA, correct? Okay, Correct. that that doesn't get out there in general public. You know what I'm saying? You know, they just see you as a so, so that's a so. And you began your career. You wanted to be a dentist. I did. I did. I I really I was interested in um, in the dental field, but then I really realized that like I'm a just a, I'm a creative type, and though right. like I you know I really love the the art of you know the human body and the anatomy and things of that nature. I just kind of was like I'm so creative, like. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I love the beauty empire, you know, and I guess that is like one of the facets of like, you know, your teeth is the first thing people see. And so <laughs> I was fascinated at a, at a young age, like, okay, so wait, you said Laura Lingo? Okay, so what does that mean? Like, and I, so I knew from the time I got braces when I was a child that this is where I wanted to do. I admired um, I admired my dentist and, you know, and I would tell my mom all the time, like, I want to be the first supermodel dentist. And she was right. like, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can do the mom. Your mom look at you, mom look at you go, what you say? Supermodel, well, you did, yeah, you, you got the degree. Okay. So you was I headed got, that way. Yeah, I got the degree. And then I was like, yeah, okay, lady, I'll, I'm sorry for the money that you put into this situation, <laughs> but I'm out. <laughs> Peace out. Peace out. You know, it's, it's really cool because uh, when, when you look at a person's lifestyle, you know, and television can only and media sometimes only shows one side. And it's important for me to try to tell your entire story because I think it's rather fascinating because that way it tells people because you're from Compton, California and Compton, California always gets this incredible reputation. Don't go there. Don't go there. You know, and I had. Um, I love Compton. I really do. I feel like we've, we're striving in so many different directions. We have a young African-American, um, you know, mayor, and, I mean, she is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that, like, it's just so much hope for, you know, for young kids to see that there's so many different directions you can go in to, and it does not have to just be, like, television. It could be, you know, anything just to be a pillar in your community. So, like... I mean, that's why I'm always screaming to that, the mountaintop that I'm from Compton because I want them to see, <laughs> yeah, I want them to see, like, yeah, you can do it too. Because a lot of people have in their mind that, you know, you can't do anything because you're from the inner city. We know I had Marcellus Wiley from ESPN uh, on the show, and uh-huh. he was he was, he was was screaming the same words of, 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 of excitement about his city, Compton, how he gives back, and all that good stuff. 
So it's really awesome yeah, to hear I mean, you talk about Anthony it. Anderson. We have Anthony Anderson from Compton, and I didn't even know that until I met him. He was like, yeah, girl, from Compton, I went to Lazy. You know, so it was like, it was it's, it's super dope because, you know, we all are very proud of our little city. Yeah, I, I believe me, it's a, I'm, from, I'm from there in the sense that I lived there 15 years. And I, when I was on the radio oh, yeah, show, cool. Steve Harvey show, we used to broadcast live from Compton. So I'm very aware oh, of the yeah. of the branding of what Compton has uh, has received in rap music, and um, uh-huh. and, and and also and I also know the, the the great opportunities of entrepreneurship there, great food, great people, and um, and it needs to be promoted constantly. And to hear people like you who have media media access to come out and say Compton, that's my hood. Yeah, all day long. I mean, I I brought the TV show there several times, mm-hmm. you know, just with me giving back to the um, community with um, YG, and um, we he did he has this um, organizations where he gives back mm-hmm. to you know to the community all the time. So I paired up with him mm-hmm. and you know and brought it on the show, and so it was just, it was really nice. The mayor came through, and you know it was really really dope. It was you know really amazing. Cool. Now we got that. She's from Compton. We got that out. She's a graduate of Bachelor yeah. of Science from UCLA. Got that out. She wanted to be a dentist. And now she told her mom she's going to be a, a dental supermodel. <laughs> and so, so you on this show. Let's let's go to let's go to this show, TV show. Basketball Wives. Okay, it's a reality show. Uh, you know, uh-huh. when it when it when it when it came on, you know, it was a lot of activity. How did you get on the show? And did did you think you would stay on the show as long as you stayed on the show? Ooh, okay. So I was approached by one of my girlfriends. Uh-huh. Um, she wanted to be on the show. But she was like, I need a friend, you know, because <laughs> the, the other lady, you know, I don't really know them and I don't really have much in common with them. So would you do it? And I was she like, She needs a backup. Hey, she needs no. a backup. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was like, no, I mean, like, we can, you know, we relate to each other. We are really good friends. I love for, her. You know, over five, six years <laughs> at that point. Yeah, so Brandy Maxwell. And so, um, you know, I was like, at first I said no, and I'm like, girl, I'm not, I'm, I'm shy. Like, I, I'm, I don't really see, I only come to life with my friends, you know? Mm-hmm. So she was like, no, just please just do it with me. And I asked my husband at that time my ex-husband now, mm-hmm. um, and he was like, go ahead, fine, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll support you. Mm-hmm. And so that's how, you know, we met with Shawnee, and she was like, yeah, come on, let's, you know, yeah. let's, I'm trying to do an L.A. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to do an L.A. show. Let's go pitch this to the network, mm-hmm. and they loved the idea. So mm-hmm. that's how that happened. Now, once uh, once my first season, <laughs> if you were to ask me if I would be here seven years later, I, I probably would have told you, heck no. It heck was no. definitely, <laughs> Come on, Malaysia, <laughs> tell the truth. No. I was like, no, 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 no. Because, like, I was like, listen, I am, like, a sheep with a pack of wolves. It is not happening. I had to ask God several times, like, why did you place me here? I don't understand. <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, that that yeah, ratchet behavior was driving you crazy, huh? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was just driving me nuts. I just didn't really. 
But what but, value? You know, what you know, value did you see in it, though? You know, because you know, because there's a balance there. You know, because you're seeing, you got on this for your friend, talked to you into doing on the show. You're doing the show. You know, it, it's bringing exposure oh, to. Did I forget to tell you that my friend that talked me to, you know, to getting on the show ended up getting pregnant and didn't start with me. So I was just there by myself. So you had no backup. You on the show by yourself going, what the heck have I got myself into? And and then and Shani was supposed to be on the show as well and didn't show up either. So I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right. So, you know. The value that I've seen in the show is um, after a while, once they started understanding who I was, Mm -hmm. um, not the castmates, but I felt like production and the network, and by them allowing me to be myself, yes, ma'am, I started, I started to see, you know, the value in the show because I felt like, okay, God obviously brought me here to for a reason so when i you know just me praying and fasting and asking god like why did why do you have me in this situation why do you want me here you placed me here for a reason use me lord and um he was basically like i just need you to be a positive role model to our young girls i Mm -hmm. need you to i need you to show them that you could do it you could be from you know from the hood you can you can you know also have some of those hood values, but you can also be about your business. Mm-hmm. You can also have some passion because I feel like a lot of the times, like being that the world is so crazy these days that we don't have compassion anymore because we're afraid to care. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're afraid of getting hurt. So just me showing my vulnerability a whole lot, only because I am so compassionate and I care for people so much, and I I'm a fixer, I'm a healer by nature. So. I just, you know, I want to heal and help everyone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gets me in trouble. But um, for the most part, like, a lot of people that understand, like, life and that are, you know, compassionate, they see that, you know, I am really coming from a great place on the show. So that's why I'm here, because I'm like, not only am I doing that, um, just showing, you know, you just, just trying you to deliver a message, an empowerment message. Yeah, just delivering. Yeah, just delivering an empowerment, empowerment message. But I also get to live out my dreams. It makes me not afraid to just start projects that I wanted to do, um, and, um, and and bring them in, into fruition. And that's in, the, in our next break. We're going to talk about all those products because this 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 segment is about the entertainment. How did this wonderful person who wanted to be a dental, be a dentist, degreed from UCLA, get on a show like Basketball Wives? And you've told us that. Now you're telling us now that it is it has made you an outgoing person, uh, giving you a platform to speak. Mm-hmm giving you in a position to be empowering. And because of that, you've come up with a lot of, lot of um, uh, entrepreneurial ventures that we're going to talk about in the next break. She's amazing. I'm on the phone right now with Malaysia Pargo, one of the stars of uh, VH1's Basketball Wives. And um, she's an entrepreneur. And she's a proud, busy, bi-coastal single mom. Be right back with more Malaysia Pargo. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. 
Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www.rashawnmcdonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, co-worker, or relative. Spread the word today. Visit RashawnMcDonald.com. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversation. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn Shell? Ricky Smiley! You got to get out of your own city and leave in order to grow because a fish don't get bigger as long as it's inside of that fish bowl. Yes, sir. A fish get bigger when you put it in a pond. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the phone the one and only... Charlie Wilson. So many people have been really been trying to get me to do a gospel record for right, so many years, right. and I have been promising God that I would that I would <laughs> shout him out and do something. Right. <laughs> I said, you know, and um, burn so, rubble. Uh, there goes uh, my baby. Come on, man, put a little Jesus in them song. Come on, brother, Miss Patty Labelle. And you know what I'm going to be doing? Concerts and little clubs. With the, thank you, with the, thank with you, the trio, <laughs> so that I can touch you when I'm singing with my hands. Thank you. See, I told you. Be there every Monday, 10 a.m. to noon. Be is 11.80. Money-making conversation. Welcome back. This is Rashawn McDonald, host of Money-Making Conversations. On the phone is Malaysia Pargo, uh, one of the stars of VH1's Basketball Wives. She's imploring her entrepreneurial business skills in, industry, in, in entering the business industry and launching Vanity in the City. Now, you say, Rashawn, what is Vanity in the City? It's a lush line of mink eyelashes and apparel. And she's on the phone to tell us about one of her business. So we got a lot to talk about in this break. Tell us about, Malaysia, tell us about Vanity in the City. Well, Vanity in the City um, is just, I told you I wanted to be a supermodel, obviously. So I (laughs) love everything about fashion and beauty. And um, Vanity in the City is a luxury lash, um, neat lash line. Mm -hmm. And um, it it starts there. And then it also has apparel that's coming um, soon. And so... Yeah, and so it's basically lashes that you can wear from anywhere to 20 to 30 days. If you keep them clean, you take them off, obviously, and you wear, um, wash them, clean them up or whatever. But um, they are long-lasting lashes for, you mm-hmm. know, for the everyday woman. Now, one of your motto is embrace your beauty without judgment. That's pretty yes, powerful. Yes, for you to have a model like that, that what, what is what is the back, what is the background behind that model? Embrace your beauty without judgment. Because I feel like a lot of women, you know, don't want to seem vain um, because people kind of frown upon being vain and like caring about yourself. Right. And I'm just saying, like, I want you to love yourself, whatever that you know. You can love yourself to death. You can love yourself too much. Just love yourself. And a lot of I feel like just loving yourself comes with a lot of stuff um, when it comes down to business. When it comes down to caring for people when it comes down to caring for your children is it, um when you don't like yourself or love yourself you lack in those in those areas and you won't be an entrepreneur because you don't think that you're capable of it so when i say embrace your beauty without judgment i want you to look i mean when you feel when, when you look your best you feel your best that's true and um so that's where i came from cool now one of the things that i've, I've noticed throughout Everything I looked up, you are, you are a, are a giving back person. You're a person that you, you yes, service the community. 
you're a philanthropist. Now, that to me, you know, is important. I personally do that all the time. I gave a speech this weekend at the uh, National Organization of Women in uh, Houston. And, um, and it was about giving back and about motivating people to be successful. Why is it important to you? important to me because like I said I am a child of God and so he gives me so much and he he gives it to me because he knows that I will give back and um and I just like I feel like you know so much is given to me and I just want to I want to share and Mm -hmm. I like and I want someone else to do it in return I feel like the more that we help each other as a community to grow the better off we will be and you growing so so now it's starting to explain you know the seven years on basketball wife because that that, that uh, being on there has allowed you to do these give back campaigns and be able to enforce women embrace your beauty without judgment mantras that you're creating out there and also in diving into the entrepreneurial because you're not afraid to to pitch an idea about a business model or to engage your brand with a business model are you no, I am not. I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to, you know, get out there and at least like and try it. You know, everything don't stick, and you have to. You have to realize that. And a lot of people think that because you open up a business that the first year you're going to be rich. You're not. Right. But, um, <laughs> Say that one more time. Say that one more time, Malaysia. Do not let that go by. <laughs> Do not, I mean, a lot of people feel like if you create a business, you're going to be rich the first year. You're not. You know, it takes time. It takes time for people to recognize your brand. It takes time for, you know, you to figure out the kinks in the business, to figure out what works, what don't work. You know, it, it's, it's growing pains and learning, you know, learning your business, learning your craft, how to make it better. There's different components to go with it, marketing, you know, getting the right product, finding the right vendors building the right team. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, and I just feel like it's, it's growing things. It's almost like raising a child for those that have children. Um, you know, just, you know, are just, are you know, finding the right space to live in. Right. Um, or just even just learning yourself. So I just feel like, um, you know, just not being afraid to just step out of there, step out there and, um, and figure out what works for you and, and not giving up on your baby because yeah. I always call my businesses my babies. Um, I love that. I like and that. I like I don't, that. Yeah. And I, and I, I put it, I put it in that frame of mind so I won't give up on them because I look at my three children mm-hmm. and I will never give up on them. I mean, I will fix, I will try to fix the world when it comes down to, you know, those three beautiful children. I like, I will lay down on the line for them. And so I look at my businesses like my babies, like I, I don't give up on them. Sometimes I might have to, you know, step back a little bit and see where they go. Or sometimes I might have to, you know, put a nap to it and then go do something else and come back to it when it's time. Mm -hmm. But um, I will never, you know, you know, just raise my hand and and say, forget it. I agree. I I believe that. And that's the way I do my life, too. And I think that that's important to for my listeners to hear those mantras that you have in place are consistency and uh, and don't give up and then follow your dream with a plan. And that's what you're doing every day. Now, you have another business that you created for affordable bedding line bed lining called Bedroom Glam. How did that come about? Bedroom Glam. Mm hmm. 
Bedroom glam. Bedroom glam came about because because I am a basketball wife. I have lived all over the world, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and it's basically like I will have to pack up in a matter's notice and then go set up shop somewhere else. But you know, and I wanted my husband and my kids to feel as comfortable as possible. So I would like you know kill myself on trying to make the house look like our normal house you know <laughs> so that he will be comfortable so that he can work because he was a provider and i wanted to make sure that all he had to do was bounce the ball right. and um so finding comforters was like the hardest always mm-hmm. and when we moved to la it, i went months without having like you know suitable comforters on my bed because i was like you know i don't want just white you know, I want this. This mm-hmm. is what I want. So mm-hmm. I ended up having a conversation with a um, with my really great friend, and she was like, "Well, why don't you just start designing some?" You're like, and I was like, "What?" She was like, "You can do it." And <laughs> what? So I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay, well, cool." And and I did, and I really I had a great time doing it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I had them all throughout my house, <laughs> both mm-hmm. homes, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 like a lot of my friends you know, have them on their beds and it just makes me proud. Like, you go girl. So you know, I love it. Yeah, I, I, you know what? You know what I love about you, Malaysia, is that there's such an honest sincerity about you when you're talking about what's happening in your life personally and what you're giving back. There's there's no ex- expectation that you're supposed to get something back because you're giving something out. And I think that's why you're successful and you're going to always be successful because that's a value that a lot of people don't understand. You have to give to get. Yes. Yes, it's a, um, I feel like the atmosphere is a give-and-take situation. What you put out is what you'll get back. And when you put out negativity, then that's, what, that's what's going to be around you. You put out positive and love, you're going to get positive and love back. And you're, you just won't, you won't accept anything yet less but positivity and love if that's what you're putting out. Yeah, I want, I, want to, I want to make sure I get this out because you had a tragedy, a tragedy, a personal tragedy in your life with your brother. Uh, 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 who I died, uh, you know, several years ago, 2014, uh, at the hands of the police. Yeah. How are you still coping with that yeah. today? And uh, are any personal causes that you that you involved with to try to just keep you your spirits up? Because he's never going to come back. And uh, but you always think about it. Well, I always, you know, I, I will always think about it. And sometimes I look at my son and, um, you know, and I, I just see how close they are. And, um, you know, and, I, and I'm like, that's, that was me and my brothers. You know, mm-hmm. my, I, I was their, you know, their second mom, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it really, really, it really hurts me sometimes. But I, I, I started to think um, I'm going to use. I'm going to use a different method. Instead of grieving my brother, I'm going to celebrate his life. Thank you. And um, and so whenever I start thinking where I'm getting sad or whatever, I just start thinking about how he used to make me laugh and mm-hmm. how unique he was. He was a little kid that was skateboard all the time. Right. And, you know, and he always had a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I start thinking of that. You know, so I I support him in that way. Now, my mom, on the other hand, is not having a really good time with, you know, with dealing with it. And rightfully so, because I probably would be losing my, you know, Your my child. marbles, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so these la- the last past years 
two years, I've been working with my mom on, you know, healing her up and, you know, and making her feel comfortable and, you know, allowing, you know, her to be more, um, more active in my children's life. Awesome. So my awesome. mom is my project at this point, mm-hmm. and um, and I now that I see growth in her, she's happy now. And well, she's Malaysia, more that's that's a, you're awesome, girl. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, can you come back? Please do. This is Rashawn McDonald, Money Making Conversations. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. That's right. You listen to my show, you will not be broke. Let me make this public announcement the super bowl is coming to atlanta georgia one more time the super bowl is coming to atlanta georgia my next guest is the director of communications for the national football league that's the nfl players association please welcome to a money making conversation a very good friend of mine carl francis so how you doing, buddy? Good to hear from you, man. Hey, man, that's all this is Family Feud days. Oh, man, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. I can't do no but smile thinking about them days, man. And, uh, man, you, you, you were fun to work with, bro. I tell you, it was a great time. Well, you know, the, the beauty of that relationship was that, and that's why, I, you know, because really, because I want to really break down what you do, but it's about imagery and it's about the players and how they are how they're portrayed in the media, also social media, also how they right. portray themselves. And right. that was one of the reasons why we got together with Family Feud was just to show a lighter side, a friendly side That's of right. the players with Steve Harvey on a very popular show called Family Feud. And they were fantastic, man. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we, we had a great time. And, you know, one of the um, uh, misconceptions about players is, you know, people really don't know the personalities of players because right. the game is such a such a physical game but also number one they get pads uniforms helmets <laughs> and things and I, and I remember you know one of the things we tried to do was show those guys like you said in a different light and and I remember after the show you pulling those guys to the side mm-hmm. and talking to them about mm-hmm. the importance of branding and imagery mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and wearing a suit and, and it's being you know, okay yeah. to, 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 to express who you are as a person and man mm-hmm. and they, they sure did and they had a great time and all the guys Came dressed to impress, and uh, I know, it was a good time. I know, they were dressed to impress, my man. And, you know, of course, Antonio Brown. You know, he was Antonio Brown. You know, oh, that's show. right, that's Remember right. Remember yeah. Antonio Brown, and uh, <laughs> you know, my man who went from Arizona to Jacksonville. Uh, Calais, yep. uh, Calais Campbell, Calais yep, Campbell was on guys. all of the fun guys, man, and I think that is what is so important about uh, Antonio Gates was on that show. Uh, yep. Matt Forte was on that show. There's a great group of guys. Uh, Ware who retired with uh, from Dallas, who retired, right. Demarcus mm-hmm. Ware, and now is on NFL Network. And and when, when I when I walked away from that show, I was just so first of all, you know, the brand of the NFL is the most powerful on TV. Let's get that out the way first. Yes, it is. It's yes, the most it powerful and also the most criticized. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, when yeah. you're the best, people going to point your finger, point a finger at you all the time. That's right. And all I, the time. Before I get into the, 
the, your position. I want to talk about your life, you know, from the standpoint. Here's some information about Carl Francis. 24 years of experience in marketing sales. This is how you get to be the director of communications for the NFL. <laughs> 24 years of experience in marketing sales, branding, website development, digital social media growth, video production, communications, public relations, this is very important. Crisis communication. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Community outreach and event marketing. Yes, sir. That's a resume, my man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and I know that when you're in that position, you really do have to have an awareness. You might not be an expert, but you have to have a strong awareness of what's going on in all these different departments because everybody has an opinion. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I take pride in what I do because I really care about our 2,000 members and future members that are coming up. And mm-hmm. one of the things that's important in my job is is to protect the, the image of the NFLPA externally and yes, internally. But more important, uh, our players, they, they, they are a union. They, yes, they represent our union. So when they're out there and, and they're going through their transition of figuring out their space of, like you mentioned earlier, branding, um, their perception, their role, you know, I, I, I have to, you know, make sure I keep my finger on the pulse of making sure that they understand the importance of it because we're only as good as our players are while they're in the league and then once they finish. See, the most important thing, you don't, you don't judge a player while he's in the league. I think you really judge a player how good he is once he leaves the league 10 years after he's finished the league. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's when you really figure out whether this guy really got it or not because the athletic part, that's that's 10% of the game. Mm-hmm. 90, 90% of the game is what type of man uh, did he become? Mm-hmm. Did he take advantage of academic programs, resources, initiatives in the, in the, in the NFL? And what did he become after the league? Mm-hmm. And, and, and those who are struggling, you know, we still reach back. Mm-hmm. But that's how you really judge a player. You don't judge a player on how many touchdowns, how many catches. You you depend what what type of husband did he become? What type of man did he become? Did he work in his community? Did he build a foundation for him and his family uh, beyond football? And that's mm-hmm. how that's what we try to focus on helping every player to come to our league get to that point. It's a struggle because we're we're, we're fighting a lot outside uh, sometimes challenges and distractions. But that's our main goal and. Uh, uh, hopefully, you know, we're, 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 we're working hard to get there one day at a time. Now, with that being said, you gave us a little bit of what the uh, the Players Association does. Explain, mm-hmm. Give us a full umbrella of what uh, the, the role of the Players You said it's a union. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what else does it, does it uh, the, the current players and the retired players, what role does it play in their lives? Well, it plays a major role. As a current player, we're the exclusive collective bargaining agent for active players, meaning anything dealing with the players' legal rights on the field and as an NFL player, we represent. So it's important for us to be connected to players when it comes to their contract, uh, their their working conditions, and and their welfare. Mm -hmm. So when you see players have contract disputes or uh, there's initiatives built around the health care of players, whether we feel as though a team went through the proper 
protocol channels on the sideline when a guy uh, gets a concussion. Like Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was an issue. Yeah, Russell Wilson was an issue. Or whether the field. People don't understand. You know, there's a lot of things that play a part of a player's condition. That's that's the actual field. Mm -hmm. Everyone don't maintain the level of quality for the field of play. Surfaces. Making sure that they're kept up. Making sure that they're drained. Making sure that they had proper standards for safety to make sure that the field the guys are playing on are safe. I mean, these are all elements of our game that most people overlook because they want to see the shiny helmets and the, and the, and the funny-looking cliques and, and all those things <laughs> and, and, and see the touchdowns. But we're, we're talking about the total package. And now the, the, and now the celebrations, now the celebrations. Right, right. And celebration, making sure the guys have a little fun once they enjoy themselves, you know, because it is hard getting in that end zone. We, we know it's, it's not easy. You know, it's almost like getting two points in basketball. They're not just letting letting you go to, go to the lane. Mm-hmm. You, you're really working. And football, too, they're not just letting you score. Mm-hmm. So we understand when you score. And plus, you know, it, it's a marketing disadvantage because players, you know, they have a brand. They want to express themselves. And they want to show that they're real people. And sometimes it's hard to get that connection with the fans because you have a helmet on all the time. So, you know, those type of things we, we try to protect and make sure that uh, players receive. And for the former players, we have a program called The Trust. It's mm-hmm. a program that's dedicated to anybody that played in the league two or more years. Wow. Where uh, they give a full body scan, uh, head to toe. Uh, you go through an exos, uh, it's called an exos program, where they send you off to a site in one of four facilities across the country. And you can go through a week long process of working out, teaching how to eat, teaching how to take care of yourself. They actually pay for you to go back to school up to $25,000 reimbursement per year going back to school to get your education. That's a real school. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's so many things that we do, but the problem is, you know, any a lot of our players, man, they, they, they go through so much and there's so much pride that a lot of them still trying to figure out who they are and what mm-hmm. they want to become because so much of who they are was on that field. What's on, what's that, on field? that field? Mm-hmm. And we and we try to tell them that what's on that field really wasn't you. <laughs> you know, that's just what you did because you were blessed with those abilities. But who you are is an individual that's smart, intelligent. You're a thinker. Uh, you 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 got to have a lot of skill sets that you may not even touched on that that we try to pull out of you so you can you know have a productive life the next you know thirty or forty years of your life. So that's before, our focus. Yeah, before we end this break, I got to bring up this young man, linebacker, mm-hmm. University of Central Florida, mm-hmm. that has oh, been dazzling. That been dazzling Twitter, been dazzling dazzling everybody in the sports world. Mm-hmm. To Quim. Shaquem Griffin, mm-hmm. 4.38 in the 40, 22 right. reps at 225 pounds. Yeah. A person like that is who you grab onto. That's right. That's right. Quality kid. You know, I have not honestly had a chance to meet, meet the young man, but his story is what inspires. His story is what our game is all about. And these stories are, are, are those that – that inspire others to believe that you can. Right. And that's and that's how our league is made up. And our league is made up of a, a lot of young men who have overcame a lot of tragedy, a lot of disappointment in their life, and have become quality young men. And and, and this young man, I see falling no short of that, and based on a disability. But it doesn't have anything to do with his character, his heart, and his desire. And that should be a message to all young men uh, and, 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 and women. women. For and, that, women. and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that part, in terms of you can overcome 
any setback in your life if your mind and your heart are connected and your desire. And I think this young man will have a fantastic Woo, career. In that come field. on now. Uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap up this conversation in our next break. We're going to talk about these uh, the protests. We're going to talk about the concussions. We're going to talk about a lot of great things that's happening in the NFL with Carl Francis. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dog. Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000 plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www.rashawnmcdonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, coworker, or relative. Spread the word today. Visit RashawnMcDonald.com. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversation. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn Shell? Ricky Smiley! You got to get out of your own city and leave in order to grow because a fish don't get bigger as long as it's inside of that fish bowl. Yes, sir. A fish get bigger when you put it in a pond. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the phone the one and only Charlie Wilson! So many people have been, really been trying to get me to do a gospel record for right. so many years, right. and I have been promising God that I would... <laughs> that I would shout him out and do something. Right. <laughs> I said, you know, and um, burn so, rubble. Uh, there goes uh, my baby. Come on, man, put a little Jesus in them song. Come on, brother, Miss Patty Labelle. And you know what I'm going to be doing? Concerts and little clubs. With the, thank you, with the, thank with you, the trio, <laughs> so that I can touch you when I'm singing with my hands. Thank you. See, I told you, be there every Monday, 10 a.m. to noon. Be is 11:90. Money making conversation. Cool. Uh, this is Rashawn McDonald. I am hosting Money Making Conversations. On the phone is uh, the Director of Communications for National Football League. That's the NFL, as we all know it, Players Association. Carl Francis. Carl, you still there? Yes, sir. Okay, Carl. Crisis management. That's what it was part of your resume. Crisis communication <laughs> planning. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, the last two years mm-hmm. that you've been dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Of, of the voice of the players trying to get their message out. Can you tell my listeners exactly what is the message that, that, that the players are trying to get out about the, the national anthem protest? Can you tell us that? I mean, basically, well, let me say this for starters. I think Colin Kaepernick, uh, his, his protest was something that he felt sincere and, and, yes, and he had a lot of uh, passion about. And so, uh, you know, you commend him for his personal conviction mm-hmm. on what he believed in. Um, but as it relates to a number of players just feeling uh, the same sort of, uh, having the same sort of mindset towards, you know, how our society has changed a little and to, yes, bring, some, to bring some recognition, to bring some a more awareness, awareness. To awareness. issues mm-hmm. going to not recognition but awareness mm-hmm. uh, to these issues mm-hmm. to 
bring some light and really to open up a discussion. I think discussion has been important. Like Malcolm Jenkins, Tory Smith, Philadelphia Chris Eagles, Long, Super Philadelphia Bowl champions. Eagles, mm-hmm. that, that whole team mm-hmm. coming together mm-hmm. and sitting down uh, with us in the National Football League mm-hmm. to say, hey, look, how can we all uh, bring conversation and more light to these negative issues in our communities? Because we are products. Our members are products of many of those communities where a lot of negativity has taken place and and we want to help we want to help change and i think that's been uh the calling card for a lot of our members and and you know the good thing about this process is that i think it has really uh, woke up a lot of people in terms of understanding that our players are humans okay they are part of these communities. They are part of society. Okay, they pay their their taxes. They they pick up their children from school. They go to the same grocery stores. Mm-hmm. So they're no different than the average person that's walking mm-hmm. other than their job. Mm-hmm. But you can't exclude them from the conversation of having an opinion on their community. That's the right. Um, and they feel like that. Their their mothers still live in those communities. Their family members, their cousins, their 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 People that's connected to their lives are still a part of these communities, right. and they and they feel as though I'm a part of it too. So I have just as much of an opinion as anybody else. And I think uh, Malcolm Jenkins is, and and his team, the Players Coalition, and those group of players really stood up and and did a great thing by really bringing all the groups together and having a strong conversation. And I think Colin Kaepernick uh, bringing uh, light to it to open it up for discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought a lot of conversation and good healthy conversation towards these issues and uh it looks like everybody is listening right now which is awesome and i and i commend it because it's a very uh emotional battle because as mm-hmm. a fan all you want to do is watch football that's right and all you want to do is you know cheer and you right. hear the word team and, and it kind of throws you off mentally as to because uh, now you have to think about something other than football and that's right. why I think where the frustration comes with a fan is that, right. you know, football is an escape, escape, escapism for us. That's you right. Know, we, we watch it. We, you know, we can, you, you can take me away for six hours on a Sunday. Right. I'm all in, dude. I'm all in. Right. And right. so so I think that is the issue that fans are having. And I'm talking about a lot of fans. There's a few fans out there. Right. But right. I think in the overall, as a fan of Rashawn McDonald, I'm a fan for life. I'm a fan who believes I'm an African-American fan who also understands what they're trying to do. Uh, sometimes it's confusing because each one has a different way of showing their role of protest. I think that mm-hmm. that kind of damages the uh, format of bringing awareness because one person is doing this way, one person is doing this way. But I know that it's something that is needed. Uh, when you have the most popular uh, viewed or format on television, why not use it? And I commend That's them right. for doing that. That's uh, right. I want to move over to uh, the concussions. Mm-hmm. That has been uh, a dominant part. That's another level of crisis management that you have to deal with. Tell us mm-hmm. the issues that, 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 that are still brewing with concussions in the NFL and how you guys are dealing with it. You know, football is a very physical sport. Yes, sir. Um, and it's a very uh, fast pace with played by a lot of strong, fast human beings. And uh, things happen. Uh, the only positive I can say mm-hmm. is that they have equipment on them versus anything with soccer where guys are bumping into each other or using the head and hit the ball or any other sport. Guys falling on the hardwood and basketball and running in the elbows right. and picks. Mm-hmm. You know, but in, in football, we have a protocol. 
Uh, a few years ago, we sat down with the National Football League and set up a, a set of rules and, and regulations in terms of how to manage a potential concussion whereby a player has to come out of the game, go into the blue tent, as you guys have seen on the sideline, yes, and go through, a, go through a series of tests mm-hmm. in order to determine what level of concussion there is. And if there is any sign of concussion, mm-hmm. he definitely does not go back in the game. So it could be a slight, but even if it's a slight concussion, um, they don't go back in the game. So we're trying to set the standard mm-hmm. so it could trickle down to our colleges and our high school and our youth leagues because, you know, people look at the National Football League as, oh, my God, these, you know, these hits are very dangerous and it's causing guys to have a concussion. But you remember, I mean, um, these hits and, and these sort of collisions occur early on. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get the high schools and the youth leagues, which I think USA Football Organization um, that we helped start uh, several years ago, are educating um, these men. So we just don't have um, these these uh, you know runaway coaches that come out from work and, and just, you know, infuse their frustration on little eight and nine-year-olds and say, hey, hit each other in the head until I say stop. You know, those things need to stop. We need to stop having your right. everyday coach come out there and, and implement bad tools, bad techniques. And <laughs> I'm really, going to tell you something, Carl. Every time a good play, they hit each other side of the head. So right. I'll be going like, okay, now, now can we just stop that? Like the, right. head, the helmet slap for a good play. Right, right. Oh, well, a bunch of them jump too, on top right. of them and just, you know, it might sound silly, but that is an issue with your head, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, it is another knock upside the head, but <laughs> one of the things we, we put in there, using more leveraging your shoulder pads, using yes, your sir. arms yes, more, sir. Yes, sir. And, and, and then your targets. We're trying to manage the targets because I think for a while people got excited of knockout plays, but Ooh, yes. the knockout plays were having some impact, but they used to sell the knockout plays. Absolutely. And, and so we, we try to change the format, and I think we're getting better. Uh, sometimes it's causing a little confusion with the defender because now the defender how to hit? How to he, hit? He, he's he's running up on a guy like Rob Gronkowski and saying to myself, "Wait a minute, he's making a business decision there because you know here's a guy six 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 seven, two hundred eighty five pounds, and now I got to figure out how to bring this guy down, which is not easy." <laughs> now, <laughs> so, let, me, let me ask you: this. What what role do you guys play in the in the world's biggest draft, the NFL draft? What role does the Players Association play play during the NFL draft, which well, will be happening in April this year? Yeah, one of the things we do is we really have a program, we kind of initiation program, bringing them into the fold of the family. Uh, programs, education, let them know our role, uh, where they can uh, become a part of it, and mm-hmm. early you start the better. Mm-hmm. And so we tell them about all our initiatives, all our programs we have available, and uh, try to get their parents involved. So not just them, them and the parents involved, because we know it's going to be a transition for these young guys to get acclimated to being a professional athlete. And so we just try to let them know about our resource. Let them know we're all going to be there for them and we'll be there for them throughout their career. And once they finish playing, we'll, we'll be there for them. Man, this is amazing. Uh, you know, my whole thing about the NFL, uh, talking to you, is that I just want people to just see another side, the business side yep. of it. Thank and, you. And basically, you know, you have these incredible athletes who need to be protected. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a brand called the NFL that needs to be protected too. And sometimes you have two sides that don't even communicate, and that's your job, to get people to communicate and be that's one right. giant team. That's right. And you, you're winning, my man. And, uh, again, you know, if you ever need any branding, you know where to come. 
I'll be ready to tell them players about their brand to stay off that social media to keep it right and keep that marketing straight because they can win, man. You have a great product. You're a great person. You know I appreciate and respect the NFL just as a business model. And these young men have to take advantage of it because it's such a short career uh, performance level. But a lot of money is thrown their way and they can retain that money and live a great life. Like you said, it's what they do away from the game. Yes, more sir. so than what they do on the field. Carl, thank, thank you, man. Can I can I invite you back on the show, oh, man? Oh, man. Hey, look, I'll come back in the next hour if you want me to. Hey, man. my brother, my fun. brother, go, go. <laughs> That's what I love, man. Put the word out there about money-making conversation, man. Keep winning, you know brother. I, I appreciate you. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money-Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you. Money Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success. It's good to have a money making conversation with somebody that make money. <laughs> Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000 plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. Rashawn McDonald is on the air with Money Making Conversations. My next guest is an entrepreneur, educator, ambassador, businesswoman, author, and mentor. She owns the largest female-owned workforce solutions company, was the first African-American woman to build and own a billion-dollar company and one of the richest self-made women in the world. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Janice Bright Howard. How you doing, Janice? Hey, I'm fabulous. How are you, Rashawn? I, I, come on here. She blew me away with that enthusiasm. I love it. Oh, I love no, it. babe. No, I got a lot to be happy about. And I, and I appreciate that. And I'm going to tell you something. First of all, I want to tell you that I'm a big fan. Um, you're an inspiration. Let me get these self things out about Rashawn McDonald and my relationship from afar with you. Um, you've okay. inspired me. Uh, we had lunch one time. You and I and Steve Harvey sat down and you set me on the right path. Of, uh, I remember it was at Kate Mantellini's. There you go. <laughs> I got to tell people this story. I got this honest story now. Because uh, we was meeting, and uh, she was doing some stuff with North Carolina A&T. And she's a trustee there. I get <laughs> Love her, and and, and 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 you know, I was I was just selling me and Steve on her. I was just telling about Steve. She said, "Stop." She said, "Stop." Excuse me. She said, "You are a very talented young man, but you're not saying anything." You know, and basically, you told me I was all hype, and I I need to take my talents and put it in goals and and move forward with proper action. And nobody had ever told that to me in my life. Nobody ever told that to me because I was always smooth. I knew how to talk, but I, I ran into, I went into the Holy Grail. This is the Holy Grail. I ran into it. And she said, stop this nonsense. You're not fooling me. Go back home and do your homework. And I did. And because of that meeting, that's why Steve had a bestseller that sold over $3 billion. 
That's why Steve got Family Feud. That's the number one game show in America. That's why Steve Harvey now is the number one talent in the world because of my lunch meeting with you at Cape Mandolini that you remembered. Thank you. Wow. Oh, wow. 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 Well, you know what? We got a lot of people to thank you and I, don't we? Because it's, it's paying it forward, paying it forward. Or as I say, you're paying it current. You know, some of us are just catching up. We're not paying it forward yet. You know, and that's, and that's what you did for me, because, cause, you know, when I look at your resume and I look at your your value system, I have to see your value system, because I'm writing a book now, too. And one of the things in my book I'm writing about, Janice, is about a balanced life. And I remember in, in, in that short lunch meeting with you, you talk about you love to cook. You love to cook. Here's a lady running a billionaire, billion dollar company, thousands of employees, Fortune 500. And you were just talking about your love to cook. You love to have a good meal on the kitchen table. You know, you that that balance. About when you talk about the company, when you talk about the employees, you're talking about family and you're talking about a very defined evolution. However, you're also talking about a little colored girl from Tarboro, North Carolina, one of 11 kids, same mom, same dad, Mm -hmm. and some very, you know, core principles that we all grew up from. And Mm -hmm. the table was the center of our home and prayer was the center of our lives. So, you know, am I not going to cook? Come on, I can. But but you know, but you know, but you don't expect that. I'm just telling you that, you know, I'm a stranger, you know, and but you were willing to share with me your values. And I think that that openness is what makes you very special. Can I can I just I know you used to the, the, the praise I'm giving you and I'm sure you re- you receive a ton of awards, but you have a walking ability to shape a people's lives every day. And that's important for you to hear that. And um, because of that, those values, they've shaped me, Rashawn McDonald, and making me the person I am today just with a short 30-minute launch. You changed my life. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? Let us both be grateful to that. And I am very grateful. Now, let's talk about how you became this mega self-made female billionaire that started in 1976. How did that get into your head that this is something you can do as an entrepreneur? Let's first say that I never saw it. And and, and different people take different paths. So this is not suggest that I prefer one path or another for any particular person. We're talking about my path. My path was always centered around the idea that I would seek success through service. And um, I know that lots of people teach their kids how to look to certain incomes or they send them to universities aspiring to certain levels of income for their degrees. And we use money as a measurement for many things, but it should never be the measurement of success. Mother Teresa died successful and penniless. Gandhi. So we've got models of success where you make a difference in the world and you provide for people, and that doesn't always mean that there's that money indicator for yourself. For me, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're continuously growing, you know, my husband loves to say, when you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. Mm -hmm. As long Mm -hmm. as you continue to grow, Mm -hmm. I think there's success in that. Now, how did I choose the path that I'm in. Basically, I came to California from North Carolina and didn't find a job that I thought was up to what I wanted and decided to uh, tempt for my brother-in-law 
did some work in his office. He loved it when he came back, and he said, wow, you've got a talent. You really should be doing this for a living. <laughs> there was not a three-year business plan when mm -hmm. I, in front of me when I started my business. There was a plan to be of service to people mm -hmm. and to utilize what I did well, and he helped me to find that. That's amazing. Now, that happened in 76. That's when you work, had a temporary secretary job with your brother-in-law. And then in 78. With that's Luke, when I started my company. That's when you yeah. started your company. And he was your first customer. He was my first customer, and he was one of the most significant ones for me. And I'll tell you why. He didn't let, oh, he was a brother-in-law, so he would always <laughs> tell me, ain't no blood in my game. The blood's on you. <laughs> and he, he, he was a very, very strict guy. Uh, but... You know, I learned a lot from a lot of people when yes, I came out to California. So much of who I am was um, was taught me and, 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 and fueled my desire from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. But coming to California taught me a lot. I mean, you think about this, Rashawn. Here I am, this little nappy-headed girl out of Tarboro, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I come to California where everybody is gorgeous and everybody carries a purse with somebody else's name on it. <laughs> look, back in the day, nobody wore pantyhose. Some of your listeners probably don't even know what pantyhose are, you uh -huh. know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got and, and, sisters, and I, I know. Totally freeing environment with streets lined with palm trees. And so basically I'm describing a duck out of water. Or right. some people would say a fish out of water, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But, but my, with the help of my sister and, and, and a great foundation, I learned to swim. And I think everybody can do that for themselves, you know, to different degrees. I think the trouble people get into, Rashawn, is when you look at people's success and you identify what success means to you by some of the physical things they have instead of some of the physical things they do. I love to, I love to remind anyone in my presence that success for me is not a noun, it's a verb. Mm. Let's talk about that, that the whole thing of success, because this is one of yeah. the major reasons why you're on this show is that um, okay. Earl Nightingale. A lot of people. Oh, yes. If that name doesn't let me give you a little background about this gentleman. I call him the father of motivational speaking, because at the age of 35, he wrote a, 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 a speech for some salesmen. He just wrote it for them. It was called the, the, he named it The Strangest Secret. And uh, he later played for the salesman. When he came back, they all wanted to get a copy of it. Well, he didn't have a copy. He just created it for them to hear because he was out of the room when it was playing. Well, he went to Columbia Records. Uh, they recorded in 1956. Now, get this. He's 35 in 1956. It sold over a million copies. It went gold, led him to a life of a millionaire. The reason Stranger's Secret was evolved because he grew up a poor person. And he couldn't understand right. why some people had money and other people didn't, did not have money. So he researched and he became an educated man. And that's how The Strangest Secret evolved. And you got to read it. So tell us your relationship with that, because that's what we're going to be talking about from now on to the next break, because that's an amazing. You know, when you heard it for the first time, you was like, I do that already. I do that. And well, that, here's what I got to tell you, Rashawn. Mm -hmm. First of all, when I read The Strangest Secret, yes, it immediately became one of my favorite books. And it's such a tiny book, tiny book. most people refer <laughs> to it as a pamphlet. Mm -hmm. However, what's exciting for me 
is that I was able to take those very well-defined thoughts and principles and apply them in a real way in my life. And I will tell you, it was so exciting and so fundamental for me to keep using this book all these years since 1978. I've never not had a copy of that book with me. However, I thought about it. I speak at a lot of universities, and lots of young people run up to me and ask me, and I refer them to the book. And then I thought about it. You know, the book is really number one. It was originally written, and Earl Nightingale's uh, audio version was written toward a time in our history when you were speaking to men, when you were speaking about the types of success that he described, Mm -hmm. and his his different... uh, thoughts on how to achieve it. So I reached out to Vic Conant of Nightingale Conant and said, I want to refresh these teachings. I want to make them highly inclusive, not just of gender, but of age, culture, wherever you are. And I want to be able to produce them in audio form and video form. Vic Conant is one of the greatest guys alive. He immediately said, yes, we went through no long legal wrangle. We agreed (laughs) on what we would do mm-hmm. and now I've got the strangest secret out on because I had all, I had uh, I have it out now I'm so excited to tell you that uh, your, your your folks can uh, get it by going to Nightingale uh, Nightingale.com if they want to right. or they can look it up on audiobook and audible and it's available on video segments on YouTube and Facebook we put it out in every way that we can so that everyone can enjoy it regardless of of where they're coming from as long as they want to be going somewhere defined. And I really want the people to understand how valuable. I'm gonna give before we get out of this break, I want to give out like a couple of jewels out that book. Like here's the five steps. And people should write down what we're talking about right now. Five steps. Here's a here there. Number one, you will become what you think about. You will become what you think about. If you if you think you're a loser, you'll be a loser. If you think you can be a, a doctor, you will do the work to be a doctor. Imagination, which number two, which means let your mind soar. Don't stop yourself. Don't stop yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Number three. And and, and you know, Rashawn, I also say you got to play the music that takes you want, where you want to go. go. When I read about imagination, I knew it was there for me because my favorite song in all the world is Imagine by John Lennon. Now, Ooh, I happen to listen come on, girl. to artists, uh, uh, artists as well, but uh, but when you, it, it, it just all flows together once you get in that mindset. But go ahead. You wanted to give three, four, and five. Yeah, and three was you can stop me because this is your show now. This is your show because I brought you on here because you have success. See, the thing about it, Janice, that I want everybody to understand is that there's a lot of people write motivational books that they have no success. They're just talking hype. See, you're not hype. You're the real deal. And so to have you on the show telling people, that's why I want them to hear why they should why they should go to audio book, audible books. You should go to YouTube to, to pick up those pamphlets because you are telling the truth. You're evidence. Like you said, I've had this in 78. A very tiny pamphlet made me a self-made billionaire female. We'll be back with more because I'm going to tell you something. She is on a roll now. If you want to know how to be famous, you want to know how to be successful, come back and hear more from Janice. The Strangest Secret is powerful. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. 
Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www.rashawnmcdonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, co-worker, or relative. Spread the word today. Visit RashawnMcDonald.com. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversation. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Ricky Smiley! You got to get out of your own city and leave in order to grow because a fish don't get bigger as long as it's inside of that fish bowl. Yes, sir. A fish get bigger when you put it in a pond. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the phone the one and only... Charlie Wilson. So many people have been really been trying to get me to do a gospel record for right. so many years, right. and I have been promising God that I would that I would <laughs> shout him out to do something. Right. <laughs> I said, you know, and um, burn so, rubble. Uh, there goes uh, my baby. Come on, man, put a little Jesus in them song. Come on, brother, Miss Patty Labelle. And you know what I'm going to be doing? Concerts and little clubs. With the, thank you, with the, thank with you, the trio, <laughs> so that I can touch you when I'm singing with my hands. Thank you. See, I told you. Be there every Monday, 10 a.m. to noon. Be is 11.90. Money-making conversation. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. Money-making conversations on the phone is Janice Bryant Howard. She is the um, CEO of the largest female-owned workforce solution company called Act One Group. Uh, Janice, you still on the phone? Yes, I am. Let's tell me, tell us about your company that I've been bragging about, and uh, we, we we heard about how it started. Tell us about its present state and uh, nineteen countries, twenty six hundred employees, seventeen thousand clients. Give us some more detail about the, the the goal and the drive of this company. Well, you know the organization, our core thought is that the applicant is the center of our universe. We're all about the worker and have been from the beginning. Time. Yes, ma'am. Are three, there are three key brands that most people know that make up the Act One group. They are Apple One, which is staffing everywhere and has the different uh, elements of unique staffing offerings underneath it, like All's Well at Tech, that indicate what they offer. Then we have um, background checks through Acheck, Acheck Global, mm-hmm. and our flagship company that escorts us across the world, uh, offering talent uh, services to. Uh, mid and large size enterprises yes, is Agile One. Agile One offers so many opportunities for companies to utilize our technologies, utilize our processes, and basically helps them to not only plan and manage their workforce, but to ensure that they're doing it in a most deliberate way. So I'm very excited. We design our own technologies, and they're all cloud-based, so we're taking care of the risks that come along with uh, having companies that are driven in a very technological era. So that meant, so what I like, this is what I hear. You are not a person who's afraid of change. Well, we innovate change. And I'll tell you, when I realized that as a minority-owned company and a woman-owned company, I was competing against some very major uh, publicly held enterprises uh, for clients, I had to do something different. I had to meet the same price points. I had to meet the same service level agreements. We call them SLAs. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it for less, oftentimes, less than um, 5% of the total uh, spend. Mm -hmm. So you've got to figure out 
whether you're going to stay in or whether you're going to, you know, leave. I decided to stay, but I had to be smart to stay. And that's, that was really what founded the uh, beginning of Agile One and our step into creating technologies that help. But always, always that help the worker to have the best experience. That's really important. So, so now I've set the basis of who you are. Tell us about your ABCs for success. I'll tell you why. Because whether I'm talking to Girl Scout troops in North Carolina or universities in California, the ABCs apply for anybody who really wants to have a successful life. First, let me tell you what I can't teach you. The ABCs are what I can teach you. What I cannot, there are five things that nobody can teach anybody. And I hope you take note of these, okay? Because we talked about two of them at that lunch years ago at Cape Mantle. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I cannot teach is experience. Mm -hmm. The second thing I cannot teach is common sense. Now, a lot of people know common sense isn't that common anymore, okay? Mm -hmm. The third thing I cannot teach is confidence. When you marry experience to common sense, you gain confidence. The fourth thing I cannot teach is anything that you don't want to learn. And the fifth thing I can't teach is anything at all if you already know it all. So I'm going to teach you my ABCs on the foundation of you understanding what I won't teach you. Those are things you have to use these ABCs to teach yourself. Mm-hmm. And the A is to ask the right questions. Then listen, listen, listen for the right answers. Rashawn, so often people are so busy with their next question, they're not hearing the conversation Mm -hmm. at hand. Mm -hmm. They're so full of questions that they don't find that quiet time to listen for the answer. Whether you're biblically based or whether you are an evolutionist, you know that listening is a large part of living life well and living life in cooperation with all the things you wish to achieve. And listening also helps you to understand how to be a better giver. So although that A is, is about asking is also about listening for that right answer. And then the B is about being. Be where you say you'll be, when you say you'll be, and most importantly, how you say you'll be. You know, we've all got these devices on our cell phones, iPads, cars, that can tell us what time we're going to get there, which direction to go. Basically, they can tell us when we're going to show up, but they can't tell us how to show up. We have to do that for ourselves. And so it's important that you instill these ABCs as a lesson path in the order that I give them because it's only after the listening, the asking, the listening, the asking, the listening, that you're able to Mm. be how you say you're going to be. So be where you say you'll be, when you say you'll be, how you say you'll be. And then that C That C is about circular communication, sending a tweet, sending a text. I mean, that's not communication. It can be marketing. It can be advertising. It's the full circle of conversation that moves you toward success. And many people are very competent to, I mean, when we interview people in our offices today, Rashawn, do you know over 65% of the people we interview who are under 35 years of age, they're about, age is not something we ask, um, have their own websites. So everybody's invested in the idea that they have a brand, but it's important for people, I shouldn't say but, my daughter said when you say but, that means everything you just said is no longer true. <laughs> it's a, but 
It's important, Rashawn, that we understand that branding isn't just about what we want people to see. It's how we communicate with the people who actually see it. Does that make sense for you? Absolutely makes sense to me. Because of the fact that that's what I'm telling you. You're telling the truth. You're telling you can't like you said, you can't make a turtle a horse. OK, you have to be like you say, like you said earlier, it's the music. The, the, is it playing the right music for you to succeed in? Is it the right lane, the right opportunity? But most importantly, people as in, I always tell people, don't look at yourself as an employee, as just an employee. You are a brand. And you said it right there. People got websites. I said when you have social media, you become a brand. If you log on to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you are a brand. Because suddenly you're telling people you need to start acting like that and start representing yourself in that in that manner. And that's important. And here's the thing. When you log on to social media, you're logging on without a license. All you need is, a, is, is access. And... Um, but there's danger and opportunity in that. You know, every opportunity has a danger attached to it. You don't get to take it back. You've got to be very thoughtful. When people come into our offices for work, when clients want to, uh, us to represent them, it doesn't matter which side of the work equation we're on, that brand matters. There are, there are uh, uh, young folk today who come into our offices who won't work in certain companies because they don't like the values that the companies right. exhibit or they're unhappy about something they saw on the news brand is brand is king and i'll tell you communication is queen <laughs> i love it i love it you know I, i'm doing a series i'm looking at what you're doing now is, is the abc is that in a book form or an audio form the abcs of success i haven't put it on audio come on yet. Now. i haven't put it on come audio on now yet. come on now you but know I've i'm mad now. you know i'm mad now. i've been teaching it all around the world. You, you taught me. Taught you taught London, me and Kate I'm, <laughs> I'm living proof it works. I'm living, y'all, I'm living proof it works. If you listen. <laughs> we talked about these things. We talked about these things, Rashawn. And, and the thing about it was that I didn't ask, but you taught. And that's what I'm saying. That's about giving back. That's about breaking down to, to just anybody. Now, there are certain places where you are speaking. I want to bring out like March 9th, you're at the South by Southwest, correct? And then that's in, goodness i'm headed to new jersey to mm-hmm. meet with several clients and then i'll be headed to austin yes i will now do you have a website where they can go right now because i want to get this information out because you're you're so dynamic and people should not only hear you but see you in person and walk up and realize you're just a regular person i and i kid you not uh, she is she is the real deal she she, she speaks and she articulates success but she's also you can eat a hot dog and a hamburger with some fries with her and you will not you go it's the same person I'm talking to sweet potato fries come on now you know what I'm talking about she, she's the real deal and that, that, that's what I love about now now the thing about it when I talk about success with you you know are there anything that when you because when you, everybody wants to be successful that's what Nightingale talks about you know it, it, everybody sits down they want to be success when the version of Nightingale and the version you did, like I know you added Nelson Mandela, you added some quotes from Mary Kay. How did you reshape it so we can understand and appreciate the full value of what he was doing in 1956 before we leave? Well, the bottom line is the truth is. Did you hear what I said? The truth the is. The truth is how we hear truth oftentimes is more shaped by its framing than its content. And so it was important for me to make sure that we gave relevant notices 
to people who people today can relate to, to the audience I want to reach, and to make sure that we're speaking to all genders. You know, it's really important to me that we're able to be inclusive in how we're teaching because if we're messaging to one part of a conversation that can be so helpful to so many, then we lose the opportunity of the gift that we're really giving. And so for me, it became important to just be inclusive to everyone I want to talk with. And if folks want to know, you know, what's up, they can they can go to my website at jbh.com and they can follow me at Bryant, J. Bryant Howroyd. I'm really happy for them to follow me. I hope some of your listeners will be doing that. You need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great. They sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. 